Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. My guest today is David Speed. He defines himself as a professional graffiti artist, accidental public speaker, creativity ambassador and the co-owner of Graffiti Life. He is also the host of Creative Rebels, which is a podcast I love listening to. It's debuted at number one on the iTunes business chart and it's also a podcast I've been on three times now. I'm very grateful to them both for inviting me back. But it's very exciting now to turn the tables on David to talk to him about all the things he's been up to in his creative career, all things art, social media and creativity, and how he's built his projects over the last 10 years or so. Hope you enjoy this episode. It's got lots of wisdom and practical advice, lots about maintaining your flow, trying new things, growing a new social media platform, and most importantly, how to stay true to yourself and to the art itself. Here is the episode with David. So welcome, David, to Control Art Delete. This is so long overdue, seeing as you've had me on your podcast so many times. So welcome. Oh, thank you, Legend. I'm excited. So excited. I feel like, you know, we've known each other for a few years now and it's been really fun getting to know you and see your career and just like your work ethic and your creativity is very infectious. So I thought I would start off by asking you about something you briefly mentioned when I came on Creative Rebels. I think you said that this year has been quite a creative year for you. I know I was moaning about not having any ideas, but you were saying that the solitude actually was quite nice in some ways. Would you be able to talk a bit about that? Yeah, sure. So as we are, as we're recording this, we're just sort of, it seems to be stepping into some sort of normality again. And I have seen a few people online saying that they actually sort of preferred lockdown. Um, And there's a few people who are like a little bit anxious going into this all of a sudden, this this weird and and just like having relationships and seeing people again and just just the the social interactions and how we're not used to that. And and I've seen people asking, does anyone else feel really awkward having like an an in-person conversation and all of this sort of stuff. So um, it's, I mean, it's going to fundamentally change everything, isn't it? Like this, these this past sort of year and a bit that we've been through but when I was thrown into it um just I mean the same as everyone you're like okay well let's face this new this new thing what does it look like what does my routine look like what does work look like um and all of my sort of um traditional money making methods were were sort of being shut down so I was just given this time and this space which I don't normally have to be more creative and and explore ideas that I've I've had for a long time and that I've wanted to to go for but just didn't have a didn't have the confidence um, and b just didn't have the time or the headspace I just had the gift of time and and yeah the the creativity that's come from it I really hope I'm able to continue it on as we do sort of step towards this this new I guess going back to how we were yeah totally I know what you mean and I feel like my relationship with time has changed weirdly because I feel like I had all these hours to myself and it felt almost not selfish but just luxurious and now all of these other things are taking up my time again and I'm like oh that I'm gonna look back and actually look fondly at that period of time I think weirdly yeah absolutely I mean for me it's it's um there's there's certain things that happen during that during like the the lockdowns and stuff that I will yeah I mean my, my life has fundamentally changed from 
from it and and just in terms of my like artistic practice and where i'm where my career is going now absolutely i mean i've got i've got i looked the other day i've got like seventy thousand followers on instagram i had zero at the beginning of the pandemic it's like it's it's and that that obviously like when you do have a social media presence that can be really beneficial like a lot of good opportunities are, are sort of coming from that but i i made a post like um in december that just said like None of you guys would know that I existed if it wasn't for a global pandemic. So I am, yeah, hugely grateful for the for the things. And just there's there's certain moments. Um, there was what there was one point where it was snowing, and so my my studio is in Shoreditch. I can I can walk there from my house in like ten minutes. Um, and for a lot of the pandemic, I was painting on the roof of my studio. There's um, there's kind of a brick wall up there, like a lift shaft that I'm able to use. And it's quite it's quite a large space. So I use it as sort of a giant blank canvas. Um, and I was up there painting for for a lot of times. And, and the whole of Shoreditch was completely deserted. And I mean, especially in the first lockdown, um, people took it less seriously after that. But the first lockdown, everyone took it really seriously. And I, I was just up there and I there would be some days where I wouldn't see another person, like literally wouldn't see another person. And so my painting experience all of a sudden became very different because usually I'm used to the energy of painting in the streets and the spontaneous conversations and then the drunk people and just all of the energy that comes with that. And all of a sudden it became a lot more, I, I suppose, I don't, I didn't want to say the word spiritual, but I guess that's because I because I wouldn't class myself as a spiritual person, but something happened. Something happened to my little head when I was up there. I was definitely experiencing it more and entering flow state quicker. And there was one day where, um, you know, when we had just had that random flurry of snow um, and, and it kind of settled for a couple of days, there was one day where it was fully snowing and I was like, I think I'm going to paint in the snow. And every part of me was like, don't do it. And I talked myself out of it three or four times because I was like, oh, it's bloody cold and your hands are going to hurt and it's going to be miserable. And I sort of thought this will be a kind of test of endurance. And then when I got up there and actually started painting in the snow, it was actually one of the most beautiful experiences that I've ever had. Um, and I, so I, I have a reference when I paint. So I, I work a lot from photos and I was looking at my reference and the snowflakes were actually settling on it and so I was actually able to see like the individual snowflakes which is not something that I've ever experienced before because you all like we all know that that's what a snowflake looks like but I think normally when it snows you go out you're you build a snowman and then you come back in because it's cold but this was like I was out there for like six or seven hours and um and I phoned my girlfriend sort of afterwards and I was just like I'm so happy I'm just I like I'm I, like in this place and just experiencing this and I thought it would be a nightmare I thought it would be really horrible experience turned out to be one of the the best things that I ever did and I think that was yeah that was just a lesson for me through that time of of there's there's things sometimes that we don't want to do that we think are going to be hard or or whatever but but just to, if you actually do test yourself and, and push yourself through it so much of that is just a mental hurdle and then if you are able to go through with the thing like you never know what's going to come from it that's so nice because you've obviously spent the last decade kind of turning your interests and creativity into a really successful business. But the idea of you getting back to the roots of it and enjoying it for what it is again is is so cool. And I, I wanted to ask you about that relationship to social media that has blossomed during this time because 
it's so interesting. I, I obviously your some of your art has gone like fully viral during this time, but it's interesting that you're saying that there's like no one really in the streets and you're creating things, but then the you know that sort of irony of it being shared globally. I mean, could you talk a little bit about that? It must be strange because so many people see your art in real life and that's obviously lovely, but now people are seeing it in a different way. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, it was not something that I expected. Um, I paint in neon pink, which um, was was almost a reaction to... I, I painted illegal graffiti for the first um, 10 years of my career, got really disheartened with everything around that that infrastructure um as well as sort of seeing people that i loved and respected go to prison for doing it um at which point i sort of stopped painting illegally and i was like this is a this is sort of a a a bad track that i'm on and i kind of um, changed things around and that was when i i started my business but um i had this sort of weird relationship with graffiti and street art and it got to the stage where when i started doing my own stuff i was like i I hate that scene so much of like destroying people's property. I want to do something sort of that that's beautiful, that's bright, that's sort of attention getting. Um, but yeah, in sort of like, I guess the rebellious side of me was just like, what can I do that's, and neon pink just seemed like, I just thought no one would like it. So the fact that it actually turned out having this incredible response from people really blew me away because I wasn't expecting it at all. I painted my first neon piece in 2018 and then I just sat on the idea for for ages and it wasn't until 2020 that I, I really started going for it. And I tried the Instagram thing before a few times and I'd done it for a bit and then I'd give up because I wasn't seeing the results and I just didn't like, I didn't enjoy the work of it because social media can be hard work at times. So when when I started making the neon work and and it, it sort of seemed like I might be onto something. Um, I figured I'm going to treat this differently than I have before. And I'm, I'm going to, I was having a lot of fun on TikTok, actually. I think that was probably the thing that, that really broke me in. Cause I, I love that platform. I think it's so, there's so much like pure energy on there and just people supporting and the collaboration on that on there is huge because I can find two artists that have collaborated together on a piece of music and then I can add the visuals to it in the TikTok and use their sound and there's just like collaboration is is sort of really open free and easy like almost open source on TikTok and because it was a place where I could experiment without worrying too much about who was going to see it I was just kind of messing around on there really got the hang of editing videos but I'm not techie so everything was just done from my iPhone it was just um, sort of time-lapse recording from the iPhone function like when you just swipe along and uh, and then I was editing it within the TikTok app and so I was having fun there and I was getting some sort of good feedback and the Instagram thing I just thought I don't want to do the hard work that goes into Instagram I don't like I, I sort of set myself some rules of like I don't want to pay for anything I don't want to do that sleazy thing where you like follow people and then you unfollow them in three weeks time um I was like I just want to focus on the work and make the work as good as it can be and then the social media is like a side effect so it's like I remember when um we had Poppy Chancellor Poppy's paper cuts on on our show and she said 
that she woke up one morning and, and had written in her diary, like, um, make an image for Instagram. And then just was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Don't make an image for Instagram, make an image for yourself. And I was like, yes, that's, wow, that's, and I'd yes. always, yeah, I'd always carried that with me. Like we should be making this work for ourselves, but then we also put it on social media for other people to appreciate. So I kind of carried that with me and I thought, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay for anything. I'm not going to, I'm just going to focus on the work. And I guess what we always say on our show um, is make shareable content. That is, I mean, that's why your podcast does so phenomenally well is because people listen to it. They think it's great. And then they tell a friend about it. Um, So I just focused on making paintings that I wanted to make that were good enough that people wanted to show them to other people. And that, that started happening. And I was very careful because like... Um, there's certain things that I know that I can do that will do really well online, but they wouldn't be authentic to me. So I think the best example of that was when um, MF Doom, the rapper, died. I had a bunch of people in my in my comments going, you should paint MF Doom, you should paint MF Doom. And I knew if I did that that would go viral and that I would get shared on all of these different platforms. But to me, he's not someone who I grew up listening to. I wasn't a fan of his music. So it would have come from an inauthentic place had I done that. And whilst I would have probably like got a few thousand followers off of making that painting, I just figured at some point you're going to be interviewed somewhere and they're going to be like, oh, so you must be a big fan of Doom. And all of a sudden I'm going to be like, oh, and they'll be like, what's your favorite song? I'd be like, I don't know any of his songs. Like, do you know what I mean? Just <laughs> things like that. So I tried to keep it to, I was making work that I wanted to make and and just yeah just not worrying too much about it I didn't do any hashtag research um I didn't do any follow for follow I just just focused on on the work yeah I love I love that and that balance that you strike between making it shareable and sticking to you know what's what you really want to do that that's like a good line to uh to tread but I I wondered you know you've just said it's really shareable and these things your art really is and I thought I'd ask you how it feels when it does go viral and for example people are sharing your work maybe not tagging you I just I know that sounds like a weird question but I kind of I've never really asked anyone before how they feel about the ownership of their work on Instagram or on the internet because sometimes it can kind of take on a life of its own I guess yeah 100 percent um it's always a tricky one um for me I think it it, it doesn't bother me personally um, but I can see why people do get really upset about it. So, and I, and I guess especially when it's a when it's a really big account. So, for example, there's there's an account. There's a like a famous. He's a pro wrestler, actually, a guy called John Cena who um, who shared my work, and he's got 15 million followers. And he did mention me in the post. Um, and had he not done, then I think I would have been upset about that one. Um, so I think when it comes to like really, really big accounts sharing you, I, I suppose it's, especially when it comes to like brands that are just trying to get the clout off of someone else's work and they don't really care too much about the creator and all of the time that's gone into into making the work, then that is when it can really be a kick in the teeth. Um, but I try not to let it worry me too much and just sort of, I guess, because I've got quite a distinctive style that and because there's quite a few people that are aware of my work, often I will get tagged in posts where, where I'm not mentioned. Um, and I, and I mean, to be honest, a lot of my work now that I'm leaving in the street, I'm not actually signing, um, because I'm 
kind of getting to the stage where I don't need to sign my work because enough people are becoming aware of, okay, if it's in neon pink paint, then it's probably David Speed who made it. That's um, so cool. How cool is that? That's like, um, you know, when Seth Godin always talks about being so unique and so, you know, so yourself that you almost don't need to, you know, people just know, know it's you. So yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, I I think, I don't know, it's really cool to own a colour. Um, so I guess that was because I do get a lot of call for in my comments, people saying like, when are you going to change the colour? Um, and I think I will at some point, but it's really nice at the moment to just be like, oh yeah, if it's neon pink, then it's him. Um, so so yeah, I I think, I mean, I understand. I think it's like I'm not hurting for followers. So if I get if I get shared by an account and they don't mention me, then it doesn't it doesn't really affect my bottom line. I think I think where it really hurts is if you're a small creator and you've got like a thousand followers and then someone someone uses your work, then that's when it can feel like a real kick in the teeth. But you've just you've just got to keep going um, because the more the more work you make, the more chances at bat you have. It's like um, me and Adam, I know you've spoken to Adam recently, my co-host on Creative Rebels. And one thing we always talk about is flags and every piece of content, art, everything that you make is a flag. So uh, uh, a meeting in person with someone is a flag. Um, a piece of street art is a flag. Your um your book is a flag like all of the we we're all making these flags and that's a chance for someone to come and discover your work discover about you um and i think the more flags you have the better so rather than getting caught up that like someone put up a flag but they didn't like they didn't attach the flag to the flagpole um then it's like just go and plant more flags and just don't worry about it you've just got you've just got to move on because meme culture has kind of made it acceptable for if I see something that I visually like, I'm going to put it on the internet and and that's fine. Um, and I think that, I think it is changing as well. I don't think it's nearly as bad as as what it happened. And I've been surprised at how many people will sort of tag me, even like even like big brands, big accounts. Um, I had, I had a meme account um, called Puberty that have 26 million followers um, and they tagged me and sent me a lovely message. So um, I think, I think, accounts and and people are getting sort of much better at it uh but it's it's definitely like yeah if you're if you're working at a, especially brands if you're if you're working somewhere where you do have the the chance to to put someone on i suppose it comes from like a a scarcity mindset doesn't it of people thinking that oh if i name someone then it's going to be taking attention away from me but actually by naming people you're just you're just gaining more credibility for for sharing and and I think it's actually really beautiful I think it's a really good business move to be sharing as much as you can That's so interesting yeah and I guess what we're talking about here is like that abundance mindset of yeah you can share my work all you like because it will probably always come back to me anyway in some way versus when a brand for example rips off someone's quote and they don't quote the person and then it's like everyone in the comments is like this is a Brené Brown quote you must yeah. tag her and I kind of love that accountability that I think people on Instagram you know they put in the comments and, and call people out and I quite like that 
Yeah, I think once you get to that stage where you've got people that can fight your battles for you, it's such a powerful position to be in. Because then if you get if you do get any trolls or negativity, you've you know you've got an army behind you of people that are going to support you, which is a great place to be. It must have been interesting for you to have that happen to you in quite a short space of time because when I first met you I feel like we've got that thing in common where we sometimes know that there's like a long graft ahead of us and we're kind of okay with that and Mm. I know that we always spoke about the three-year rule and when you started your podcast you weren't expecting it to be completely overnight successful like you were willing to grow it and so it's interesting that this has happened you know without the three-year rule. (laughs) Yeah it is which really excites me to getting to the the three-year point um i i think Mm. i think because me and adam have done we've been doing the podcast for the last two years and through that time we've been talking about everything that it uh, everything that you need to do to be successful as a creative so i've been going for those past two years i've like conversations with you conversations with seth godin like all of these amazing minds literally just going over these steps over and over again of like what it takes and so I suppose I have that kind of, because we'd done it before, that's why we started the podcast, but it had been a 10-year journey. So we distill everything down into these podcast episodes. But then I guess because I'd had all of those lessons and I am at the stage in my career where I, it's like I didn't have to learn how to paint. I already had that under my belt. So it was just kind of my presentation and how I was putting my work out into the world um, that every i could do everything sort of on a more on a on a faster timeline um but that yeah. but a lot of it's down to luck as well a lot of it's down to luck and timing that i had been playing around with tiktok i'd learned how to do videos that that did well i started off doing 60 second videos and then through just gradual experimentation realizing if i can condense and this we're talking like a 6 or 7 hour painting if i can condense that down into 15 seconds um, then that actually does much better than a 60 second video. Learning these little tricks. I think the other thing was was just being really relentless. So my my default setting is lazy. When all of a sudden you wake up in a pandemic and it's like, well, I haven't got any members of staff that are waiting to hear back from me. I haven't got really any sort of responsibilities. All I have is my own self. And if I let my own self have my way, then we're just going to be playing Super Mario Maker for the next 12 months. I knew that that wasn't going to be, although like my brain was like, "Mm, comfortable, let's do that for a bit. I knew that that wasn't what I actually wanted to do. So getting up at 6am every day in a pandemic, but making sure, even though the last thing I wanted to do was get out of my cozy bed, making sure that like, I, I guess I kind of built my identity around hard work and being like, okay, you work hard. That means that you get up early. That means you go to the studio and you look at a blank canvas or you look at a brick wall and and you make work. And so in 2020, I made 98 paintings. And I think that a lot of the social media stuff came because I was just relentlessly producing content. Um, there, was, there was always something there for people to see that the algorithm was kind to me because I was consistently feeding it, um, which I mean, has its pros and cons. And I mean, I don't want people to get burnt out and I don't want people to do too much, but I would certainly say that because I was producing so much, um, that was definitely a part of the success was, was wrapped up in that. So 
I think it did. It, it definitely happened quickly. I wasn't expecting it to happen that quickly, um, but I guess in retrospect, you can kind of you can kind of it what it it was an accident and it wasn't an accident. You can kind mm-hmm. of chart the little things that happened of 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 why it did go like that. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense, and I think that's really practical advice for people because you know, starting anything now, it's a different time in terms of there's so much available to us. Like, where do we start almost if we want to, if we want to grow a platform? But I love what you're saying that the art was the thing and the Instagram was the thing you put it on. It wasn't you were making an Instagram account. And I think it's interesting, you know, that conversation at the moment, just about putting all our eggs in one basket and like, we don't own Instagram, Instagram, could disappear at any time but the point is you created the work and the work will always last a hundred percent so i i set up a um i set up a mailing list and have that in my as my link in bio and i have just over a thousand people on my mailing list so um when we i know you and i have spoken before about kevin kelly and 1000 true fans and Um, so, and anyone who is not aware of that theory, just have a look, uh, look it up. But in, in brief, it, it says that you need 1000 people who are your true fans, patrons that will support you. And if you put out a t-shirt, they'll buy it. And if you, if you write a book, they'll buy it. Um, you basically need 1000 people to, to sort of sustain and have a really, really successful career. So when I look at my mailing list, I would imagine there's probably 10% of those are my true, true fans. So when I look at my 70,000 Instagram followers, distill that down into a thousand of those are interested enough to sign up for my mailing list, um, which is sort of details on when I might drop a print or, or whatever like that. And then of those thousand, maybe a hundred or 200 of those are true patrons, then that sort of shows you how much awareness you need to to actually get to that 1000 true fan stage. Um, but I don't, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to discourage people from that because that's the fun. Like the fun is the grind. And, and I think what a lot of people get really frustrated with is those, those early days where it feels like you're kind of screaming into the void and where, where essentially you have to make your best work. You just grab people one by one and, but your, your day one as they're like, they're, they're so important because the people who follow you in, in those early stages, when you're just making that making those those first sort of baby steps people love to be proved right and people love to go oh, i listened to them before anyone else had heard of them and so mm-hmm. your day oneers are, are so important so i always sort of advocate to people that you should be making content for the people that are following you rather than making content to try and get the people who don't follow you to follow you and as soon as you start to nurture that audience like even though you're focusing on the people that already follow you that's when you do actually really start to grow and i saw it with the with the neon stuff i had to be really brave i guess my personality comes through in the captions so i'll do a painting but then i'll in the caption i'll write about what i'm going through artistically or what i'm feeling or just my my random thoughts and that's where i'm kind of building my personality but i mean there's no street artists really that are talking about kindness or talking about creativity or or talking about like wanting other artists and creatives to succeed. And so I was really nervous putting those kind of thoughts out there to begin with. But then I just thought you're only nervous because you think like the wider audience isn't going to want to hear that. So make just make the work for the people who are into who do think kindness is cool because I don't give a fuck mm. man like 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 being kind to people, being nice to people, putting other people on like that's 
that's the juice. Um, and I think like this too cool for school, like, oh, I'm just a one man lone wolf. I, I just, I'm just not into it. It's just not me. So I wanted to put that across and be authentic. And, and it worked. Like, I, I mean, it worked so much more than I thought it would. So many more people resonated with it than I ever could have imagined. So it's a, it's just a lesson. It's a case study. I hope people can look at what I've done and just think, and just just see like okay that's what he did um and and just yeah maybe take some inspiration from it of like okay if i if i focus on these people that are already following me and i just say the shit that's on my mind because i only want people to follow me who have those views you know like representation is really important for me in my work and i i feature all sorts of people like old young male female black white whatever um all races ages genders and I got to the the stage. It's so funny, like how humans were never were never satisfied. I got to the stage of like fifty thousand followers. It was such like a landmark number. And then I just started thinking, well, I wish I could pick who was actually following me because I don't want anyone like racist or like or a dick that's following me. And I sort of put out this post of like, if you if you do have if you do agree with like certain things that are going on at the moment and this this sort of ridiculous shit that i'm seeing that's that's fully racist please unfollow me um and so and again i guess that was just that was further galvanizing the people that do follow me are like yeah okay we believe that so let's carry on following i mean it's not much to ask is it to for just a bit of decency but I did notice on that day I did lose some followers so there were obviously people following me who were not into that sort of stuff so it's it's very interesting but um to round that up basically um make work for the people that believe what you believe that are aligned with what you believe and then galvanize them around you and it's it's really powerful that's so true that's such a good reminder and I guess my own experience of that recently is like whenever I do an Instagram story and all these thousands of people are watching it sometimes I imagine some of them are probably lurking or judging and there's people on there who are really wanting to be there and they really like what I'm doing and I just sometimes I have to remind myself to focus on the people that are like liking it not the like made up lurkers in my head if that makes yeah, sense yeah <laughs> I mean I've heard you talk before about the the focusing on the one negative comment as opposed to the a thousand really positive ones and it's just human nature it's just what we're we're wired to do it's so true so I wanted to end on a something that I really love that you do and I know Adam does as well which is I think you guys are really good at marking your own progress and I think it's something that we don't do very often I know that I don't check in with my wins or my growth like more than uh, I should maybe but I like that recently or maybe it wasn't recently I don't know when it was but you'd put up a tweet of your art like side by side some of it from years ago and some of it from now and it is amazing how much it's changed and grown and is just different do you think we should all try and do that a bit more often and look back and just see how far we've come because I, I definitely don't do it enough well you're you're very kind in how you worded that I mean think I think the words that you're looking for is your old artwork was very shit and you'd be 100% accurate in that uh, it wasn't assessment. at all but it was you know to anyone who is following you and thinking oh look at what he does I think it is a good moment to remind people well you've you know you have evolved it's not yeah. the same as it was, it was years ago drastically drastically different so um I think so when I like I do talks in schools sometimes and and 
when I do, the first thing I do is I show my old work that is basically the same thing that the kids in the school will be doing. It's like cartoony little little cartoon men. Um, and the reason that I don't just go straight in with my work now is because if I do do that, then there's no sense of I can get to that stage. They just switch off um, because they go, oh, he's talented. He's naturally gifted. So that's not something that I could be because I'm just drawing crappy cartoon men. So I show my crappy cartoons um, and then... And so it was just that that sort of uh, Twitter meme that was going around that was like how it began, how it's going. Um, and how it began for me was just starting from like just drawing out of comic books and doing like doing little doodles and sketches that really, really weren't very good. Um, and then relentlessly over time through just practice and dedication, um, getting, getting better. Um, I know Adam's good at, at marking the successes. I don't know that I am, I think I'm more, more like you um when it comes to that um i think like i said i did 98 paintings in 2020 and i know that i'm a better artist after doing those 98 paintings but there's not one painting where i could go that was it that was the moment where all of a sudden i i crossed over the boundary and became better so for me it's a, a sort of an amalgamation it's like a a career a career is is a long journey that has no end I think that I'm always going to be striving for becoming this perfect artist and knowing that I will actually never get there. But there's sort of some beauty in that because if you because if you get there, then then what? If you just go like, well, now I am the best artist that I can be, then what do you do? You're you're done. Um, and I don't want to be done. I, I always want to be making work. So I look at artists who've who've been prolific and have created lots of lots of work and. I mean, this doesn't have to just be for painters. I, I I look at it with our podcast as well. I want to keep on making episodes and getting better at that and and public speaking I want to get better at and all of these different things that I'm interested in that are things that I'm passionate about. Um, I just know that they're an, a never-ending journey and and just each rung of the ladder is a next step to to get where you're going. It's just, just to get better and I'm in a permanent battle um, with myself and... I probably should um, reflect more, and I suppose the the story, like the the snow story that I told you, uh, little things like that. I guess the pandemic did actually allow me to reflect a little bit more. There's one painting, and actually, it's the it's the painting that I used in that meme of of how it's going now. Um, there's a painting that I made of a of a girl holding a, a ring light, and that is without doubt the most viral um, piece of content I ever made. It, it's it's had, I mean, well over 10 million views um, across different sort of social media platforms and stuff. And probably the the bulk of my followers found me through that image being posted somewhere or another. Um, and that painting, I phoned Jono, my girlfriend, when I was halfway through painting that. And I said, oh, I think I'm just going to emulsion over this because it's not, it's not going very well. And she said, you always do this. You always think it's <laughs> crap halfway through. You need to power through and just and finish it. I powered through, I finished it and it became like, yeah, the most, the most seen painting that I've, I've ever made. Um, and so I think we don't judge yourself too harshly, like whether you're a, a poet or a dancer or, or a singer, there's, there's like whatever piece of creativity that you make, like it's not, it's not the end goal. It's not the be all and end all. It could, it could be a complete failure, but if it is, it's a, uh, it's a lesson and if it's not, it could turn out to be the most viral piece of content that you ever create. So I think you've just got to embrace the 
journey. When I go to paint tomorrow, I can only paint that because of every step I've taken up until that point. So it's all so important in fueling what I do going forward. Um, I hope that makes sense and wasn't just a nonsensical ramblings of someone who's inhaled far too many spray paint fumes over the years. <laughs> Not at all. That was such a nice note to end on. I think you know keeping going and iterating and changing is yeah it's all part of it and I always think I'm going to get to a point where I freeze frame and it's like this is me as my perfect creative self and it's like no you're going to keep going for a long time and that's yeah that's the journey but thank you so much for sharing all of that it's so valuable and people listening go and check out creative rebels go and binge the back catalogue and check out David's work yes thank you so much 